Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. It's the Last Stand Podcast. And here's your host, Brian Custer. This is the Last Stand Podcast. I am Brian Custer. We bring you the biggest names in sports entertainment. And well, today on this episode, we've got one of the world's most talented soccer players. He's a member of the U.S. men's national team. He's also a forward uh, for the League One club as well. He is none other than Timothy Weah. Tim, the first kid of Liberia, I understand. How are you? Welcome to the Last Stand Podcast. That's great. Thank you so much for having me, Brian. I really appreciate it. Um, times are rough right now, but, uh, you know, I'm excited to, to be on your show. And now let's get it. <laughs> hey, Liz, absolutely. It's good to have uh, the son of a soccer legend uh, on the on the podcast here as well. And, and, and I, you know, for those who don't know, I mean, they know your father was a great soccer player, but also currently the president of Liberia. So I, I almost feel like, Tim, it's like I'm, I'm talking to a modern day coming to America. I mean, is this, <laughs> I mean, do, do I call you the prince? Uh, when you're walking around Brooklyn, do, do they drop rose petals at your feet when you walk around Brooklyn? <laughs> No, no, no. Um, no, it's, uh, life has been really, uh, really easy for me at this moment in terms of, uh, you know, attention wise, because, you know, I'm the type of person I don't like all that attention. Uh, that print stuff is all out the window for me. I just, I just like to be called Tim, you know, I'm, I come home to Queens and just, uh, just enjoy. And, you know, I'm, I'm happy for him that he's, he's gotten the opportunity to help forward his country. Um, it's, it's been amazing for him. It's been a dream of his. And, you know, uh, you know, God just put me in the position where I'm his son and, you know, I, I get to I get to see everything from a different perspective and, you know, from that first hand point of view. And it's 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 beautiful. And yeah, it's fun. So <laughs> does that mean, though, when you're walking around, let's say the streets uh, here in the States and, and in New York, do you have security? No, 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 no. <laughs> really? Yeah, just I do everything by myself or with my cousins or with family. We really don't. Um, we're not. We're not really high on security and stuff like that. Interesting. Interesting. Okay. Uh, so you know, listen. You you basically what twenty one now, young man, uh, born here in the states. Uh, as a young man, give me your perspective as a young black man, American here. Your thoughts on what is going on in our country right now? You know, for me, um. To start with, it's ridiculous. Uh, R.P. George Floyd and, you know, the many others that 
that have passed away from uh, police brutality or, you know, just being uh, racially profiled and killed. Um, for me, this is my first time, you know, experiencing this firsthand and it's crazy, but I feel like, you know, if, if we don't get justice, you know, they're not gonna get peace. And it's, it's real simple. <laughs> We're going through all this and all you have to do is just listen to what we have to say, listen to, listen to how our people feel and just make a change because we can't continue living like this. It's been decades where our grandparents, you know, went through the same thing. And now we as children have to witness the same thing. My mom, she's scared for me to go outside because she doesn't want, she doesn't know if I'm going to come back home. You know, they know me on TV, but the cops out here don't know me. So, you know, that's huge. And, you know, just going out on the street partying and, you know, whether I'm with my friends, you know, sometimes you have to, you have to look up and be like, yo, guys, we have to, we have to really be careful because if we get stopped by the cops, you know, that's a problem in society right now. And, you know, as a black man, you feel constantly hunted by society. You feel like you're, you're being hunted and preyed on by, you know, by the police and by society. So it's, it's, it's really hard. Yeah. I, and I would, I would assume, considering your father, the president of Liberia, he's very concerned about not only what's going on here, but for your safety as well. Yeah. Um, you know, I just got off, off the phone yesterday with him and he was like, um, you know, Tim, don't get too much into this. We want you to, you know, be an advocate for peace and all that stuff. But I'm like, Dad, at the end of the day, the only thing that's going to stand, the only thing they're going to listen to is our voice. And us as a people and us, uh, myself, as being, a, you know, the new generation of, uh, of, of athletes coming up. And, you know, now I have a platform and I feel like um, it's time for me to use my platform to talk about these situations because, you know, to be clear, there's, there's a lot of my friends, you know, of different, different races who really don't know what black people have been through over the years. And I feel like, you know, now that I have a platform, it's just, I'm just going to use that and, and hopefully everyone can hear us. Wow. Hey, listen, as a father of three young black boys, it makes me proud to, to hear everything that you're saying. Uh, I love that. Um, hey, I'm curious, you know, the Premier League, that Liver, uh, Liverpool squad, they all took a knee um, and took that picture. Uh, they also, the, the, the organizer of the league also said that when they scored, they would appreciate that guys would celebrate by taking a knee. What do you think about that? I think it's amazing because uh, how much 40 years ago, 50 years ago, they would never do anything like that for any type of black person. Now that, you know, now that the years have, have changed, you know, the world is coming together. Um, you see people of different races um, posting pictures on Instagram, different players posting pictures on Instagram, teams coming together. And, you know, it's really beautiful. And I feel, I feel blessed to be alive during this time to see that and to see how the world has progressed. But we're still behind. And we have so much, so much work to do. But this is a start. And, you know, I thank all the teams that I thank all the teams and players who are involved because now the whole world is hearing us. You know, it's not just an American thing. The whole world is hearing us. And, you know, with the help of teams, it's, it's just going to spread even more. And it's, it's going gonna, it's gonna to help. And then on top of that, uh, you're playing in a sport at the highest level and a sport that has had racism that has been pervasive for years. Uh, in fact, uh, earlier this year, there was an article written that said, quote, racism in soccer, an epidemic that mirrors disturbing trends here in Europe. And it was referring to a Bulgarian crowd that heckled a black Chelsea defender. Uh, how bad is it, especially even uh, there in Europe, 
Uh, have you personally, as you've been playing abroad, experienced any racism? No, I actually haven't. But, you know, I have friends that have experienced racism. And, you know, it's just, it's just when you go to those countries like Bulgaria, Russia, Italy, those countries are really, really racist. And to see my brothers playing on the field, you know, just doing the job that they love, and you know, playing to 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 make ends meet for their families and make a living, and they have to go out there and be racially profiled on the field and the sport they love. It's it's ridiculous to me, and I feel like that 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 should never be that should never happen, because NBA players you don't see any racism, NFL players you don't see any racism. So I feel like you know we should just go out there and they should just see us as athletes and as you know as advocates of, of peace. And I don't know why they have to bring that to the stadium, but you know that's a part of everyday life and being a black man in this society, in this world, you're, you're, you're bound to go through those obstacles. And, you know, I, I stand with my brothers always and I'm always going to be there for them. And I hope the world's going to be there for them too. And, you know, hopefully it changes soon. And I'm just curious, what did, what did your father ever tell you about that? Because that was one of the things that happened to him, even at the height of his fame in 95, when he was like player of the year, you know, he had that big incident where he, he talked about how a player uh, it was racist and some of the things that they said to him. He ended up striking that player. What, what does he talk to you about uh, not only playing over abroad, but the racism you may uh, experience? You know, my parents, they always told me to, 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 they always told me to stay strong because you're going to have those envious people. You're going to be in positions where, you know, people, people grade you as the better player. And, you know, there's going to be jealousy in those things. Those things can really really uh spark up you know racist racist slurs from from players other players from even teammates you'd be surprised but um uh you know they just told me to stay strong and you know don't don't really don't really listen to all that um i remember one story where i was called the n-word uh, it was when i was younger mm. and you know I, I didn't understand at the moment and i was just i was just crying and i was like mom why would he say that to me and she's like you live in a society whether you're an athlete, you're a lawyer, whether you're a policeman, whether you're a basketball player, it doesn't matter. You're a black man and everyone's just going to see you for that. And you have to work 10 times harder. And, and as an athlete, I feel like that's what my dad was doing. And that's what, you know, many other black players are doing. They're working yeah. on. And, and then on top of all of that, we have a pandemic and the coronavirus. And so Bundesliga, you know, they shut down the league. Uh, because of the virus. Several players had tested positive uh, for Corona. Then it started back up, of course, with no fans. How concerned are you to get back to playing uh, in light of the coronavirus? And, and, and does that concern you that, you know, playing with, would you prefer playing with no fans? How, how concerned are you with the coronavirus going around? I'm super concerned because, you know, as players, uh, you know, we have to make sure that our health is good. And also, players have families newborn babies you know older parents and as me who has older parents you know I don't want to bring that home into my house but um you know I feel like playing with not playing with fans at the moment is the best best thing for us because we don't want that to spread and you know we want to get back to our everyday lives normal lives and we want to be able to play in, in stadiums with thousands of people but right now I feel like that's that's the it's the proper thing to do yeah uh so let's talk about you um you know, you suffered uh, a hamstring tear uh, in February uh, earlier this year. How's the rehab going? When will we see Tim Weah back on the pitch? Yeah, um, the, the the past year has been has been a roller coaster for me. 
um, tearing my hamstring three times. Wow. Yeah. So um, the first two, I didn't get surgery because we thought uh, it would heal by itself. And then uh, I eventually ended up getting getting surgery in, in January, February. And uh, right now it's been amazing. I've been training with the, with the facility and my guy, Patrick, um, trainer who's been great to me. Um, he, he's had me working day in, day out. And we've been, we've been really hustling. And, you know, hopefully I can get back in, in uh, late July or early August. Um, I, I think the, the good thing is that, you know, the Summer Olympics has been pushed back uh, to next summer uh, because of, obviously, the coronavirus. Um, maybe the good thing is that, you know, that it has been pushed back is that you're not missing out on anything because I would assume have we had the Olympics here this summer, you wouldn't be playing, correct? Oh, I was I was totally ruled out of the Olympics. And, uh, you know, when I heard that I got pushed back, I was uh, I was super happy because now I have the, the opportunity to to rest up, heal up, and then, you know, eventually, hopefully, go uh, represent my country in the Olympics. And that's one of the things that that, that, that is really on my bucket list is representing my con- country and winning an Olympic game. So, you know, I, I feel blessed and I feel I feel honored to, to be in my position right now. Any fear uh, on your side that the injury could cause you to fall on the depth chart there uh, of the national team? Um, you know, there's always a, there's always that healthy competition in the national team. And I feel like, uh, being injured a year really, uh, really, really, really puts you behind others. But I feel like if you have the right worth ethic, if you have the right mindset, mindset of a champion, that Mamba mentality, I feel like, uh, you know, no one can stand in your way. And, you know, once I get back to full fitness, um, I'm ready, I'm ready, I'm hungry and I'm taking whoever spot I need to take. Uh, uh, let me ask you this. Will the U.S. men's soccer team qualify for the Olympic tournament? Because they haven't done it, uh, from my understanding, what, 2008? Mm-hmm. Will this team qualify for the Olympic tournament? Most definitely. Most definitely. I feel, like, I feel like this team that we have right now, with the likes of Christian Pulisic, Weston McKinney, Tyler Adams, um, all my guys, I feel like uh, we have one of the best teams that you – know, we have one of the best young, team, young teams that the U.S. has ever had. And, you know, the, the amount of talent that we have in this group is amazing. And I feel like um, there's, there's, there's a road – we have a huge road to success. And I feel like Olympics is that first, that first obstacle and then the next is Olympics. And I feel like we really do have the team and the quality to, to, to make it. You, you mentioned Christian Polistic. Uh Is he the real deal? A lot of people have talked about you. They have really talked about him. Is he the real deal? Yeah, Christian's great. Um, I love playing with him. Um, because we feed off of each other. We haven't played with each other a lot, but the times that we've had, it's, it's, it's really been amazing. And, you know, shout out to the other guys too, Weston, Tyler. Me and Tyler have been playing together since we, we, were, we were 13. So, you know, to have that connection, that bond with the guys and, you know, everything just shows on the field and it's, it's fun, it's fun. <laughs> now, your father though, I mean, he was considered one of the goats when you talk about uh, soccer. I'm, I'm looking at some of his accomplishments. FIFA World Player of the Year, uh, regarded as one of the greatest African footballers of all time. They even nicknamed him King George uh, at his height. Um, Has it been hard to live up to his legacy, or has it helped you in your journey? Um, No, no, it hasn't been hard. Because, uh, you know, I I feel that it would have been hard if I would have – 
you know, if I, if I was constantly thinking about it and constantly thinking about what other people were saying and, you know, how they felt towards me, but I, I really don't care. And it's like me and my dad, we spent, my dad and I, we spent so much time working together and, uh, you know, watching his videos, watching his success. I want to be just like him, but I also want to follow my, my own path. I want to, you know, walk in his footsteps while doing my own thing. And, uh, you know, it's really, it's really, it's really a thing of beauty for me. And um, I'm loving the process. Um, I love my haters and I love my fans even more. (laughs) (laughs) At at what point in your life did you know, wow, my dad was pretty special? I mean, because, you know, usually you look up to him, he's just your father. But then all of a sudden, you know, you, you start to realize like, okay, wow, this guy was something else. At what point, how old were you when you realized, okay, this guy was a goat? So um, maybe when I was, uh, there was a time when I was younger living in Florida, we were all living in Florida before I moved back uh, to New York. And, um, you know, we were just walking in the mall and I'm like, all right, normal day. And when we got into the mall, there's just like a rush of people. And I'm like, oh, what, what, is, what is really going on right now? <laughs> what are we doing? <laughs> I'm trying to shop, what are we doing? And um, that's when I realized, you know, that's when I realized, pretty big deal and you know I got home that night um, researched everything you know started watching videos started reading up because when you're a kid you really don't pay attention to things like that and uh, that's when I realized you know my dad was big in the in in the world and I wanted to be just like him that's fantastic man I love to hear that Uh, so I read this article Uh, it said uh, Timothy Weah the new Freddie Adu Uh, now we all remember Freddie got major press hit the national scene when he was just a teenager uh, coming into soccer and exploded. And and I think a lot of people felt like he never lived up quite to the height. Um, When people make that comparison, because you are so young and you too, you you exploded on the scene as a teenager. Do you say, no, I don't like that comparison or do you embrace it? I might embrace it. Freddie's, Freddie's another black player that I look up to, you know, um, I don't really pay attention to the comparisons, but you know, if they compare me to someone, um, it pushes me to do better than that person. And it pushes me to work harder to become, you know, to reach that level or to go past that level. And, um, you know, shout outs to Freddie. You know, I watched him play and my brother played with him. And um, uh, being a young, being a young guy, I don't really listen to the media. I don't really look into what the media is saying and stuff like that because it can tweak your head a bit. And, um, you know, I just try to play my game, do my thing. Um, and just do me. Did you always know that you were going to play soccer? I mean, or was it something that your dad said, hey, hey, you got you got to play? Or did you ever have any interest in anything else? So, uh, you know, growing up in a soccer family, it was, it was bound that I was going to be a soccer player. Um, but, uh, you know, uh, to be fair, I had this, I had this, I had this thing where I was playing basketball in school. I was playing for a team. And, you know, uh, I wasn't sure what I wanted to do. Because I, I, w- I was really athletic in, in middle school. And, you know, I had a couple offers, you know, to play basketball, football. But I chose soccer. But I really, I'm really into basketball. I love basketball. I love watching it. Um, I love playing it. I have, I have a lot of friends who play basketball. So that would, that would have been dope to experience. Can you hoop? I can hoop. <laughs> <laughs> you try to go one-on-one? <laughs> 
because I got game too. So we're going to have to settle this at some point. You know, I don't want to touch you on the soccer field, but we can get on the basketball court. <laughs> we can do it. I'm ready. We can do it. <laughs> so this past May, you know, the court struck down the U.S. women's uh, national team, their lawsuit. They were demanding equal pay. Yeah. Um, similar to obviously the men's team. Well, what do you think about the women's team? They've been so successful. Do you think the the women's uh, national team should be paid the same as men? I love the women's national team. Uh, Megan uh, Megan Rapinoe is, is is one of my favorite players on the team. Obviously, because uh, she's one of the biggest stars, and I feel like they do deserve it. I feel like there's no reason why they've won so many World Cups. They're 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 top tier team and. You know, they're hardworking women who have families also. And I feel like I feel like they deserve everything that we're getting, you know, no matter on if they're bringing as much revenue as we are or, you know, if our game is faster. It really doesn't matter. They deserve equality. Everyone deserves equality. They deserve to be paid because they're playing at the highest level. Um, and I appreciate every last one of them. Um, it, it seems like everybody here in the States as a kid starts off playing soccer yeah <laughs> and yet as they get older they go off to other sports do you ever see a day where soccer could be here in the states just as popular as football as basketball as baseball whereas you know we know it's the most popular sport in the world and overseas that's all everyone plays but here it's a different story do you ever see soccer ever gaining traction here in the states you know, I, I I really do. I feel like uh I feel like soccer is becoming a, a sport that that everyone everyone's starting to look into and everyone's starting to play. Over there in Europe, it's a it's a lifestyle, and I feel like the only way that soccer in America is going to be the biggest sport is when we bring home a title. The younger guys, if if we win an Olympics, if we win a World Cup, because the females have done it. <laughs> the females have done it. Females have World Cups and they're, as much as we can say, you know, we're working hard and we're, we're winning games and blah, blah, blah. The females are the reason why football is so big in America because they're winning the big cups. And I feel like when us guys, when, when we bring our talents together and when we're ready and, you know, if we ever have the chance to win a World Cup or win an Olympic, that's, we have to really take those opportunities because that's just going to grow the sport in the country. And, and you led right into my next question because it seems like the women's team has been so successful winning Olympics, winning World Cups. When are the men going to match that level of success? You know, I feel, I feel it, it's, it's, it's going to come with time. I feel like, um, you know, as a people, we don't have to rush everything because it's all a process. It's all a building process. You know, we have really young guys and who, guys who are just now getting exposed to Europe. Now everyone's going overseas and, you know, gaining that experience. And I feel like that's amazing. And now it's just going to take time, um, development, the right mindset, you know, building a proper team. And once you have that, once you have a core, you're going to win. And that's what the woman, women's team has. You know, most, a lot of them do play overseas, but a lot of them stay here. But they just have that core of winning. Uh, uh, they have that core of a winning team and that winning mentality. And I feel like uh, the ladies have done a – done a great job and I'm really proud of him. Uh, here with Timothy Weah of the U.S. men's national soccer team and uh, before we get to listener questions uh, Tim want to talk about one of our podcast partners uh, the all-natural B1 patch and listen uh, I use it as well all you got to do is stick it on 
peel it, stick, and just in a few minutes, you feel the B1 vitamin, the thiamine. It boosts your immunity, uh, immune system, gives you focus, gives you energy. If you're into working out like myself, it's going to help you recover a lot better. Buy the B1 patch. All you got to do is go to buyb1.com. And when you do, use the promo code BC3 and you get a discount on your order. If you want to boost your immune system, if you want to have some energy, have focus, and help your workouts get the all-natural, it's natural, B1 patch. Use the promo code BC3 when you go to buyb1.com. You never know. Using this patch, you'll be an athlete like Timothy Weyer. <laughs> you can take him on the soccer field or on the court like we're going to do uh, when we're done with this, <laughs> with this interview. Timothy Weyer here on the Last Stand podcast. So we, we love when our listeners send us questions, and I got a number of them for you. So I want to get to them really quick. Uh, the first one comes from Twitter, and this guy asks, what fellow young stars has impressed you the most? Um, ooh, there's a, there's a bunch, there's a couple, um, you know, being that I played with, uh, Kylian Mbappe, he's a, he's a year or two older than me. Um, one of the best players, you know, I've seen so far and, um, you know, being in training with him every day and, you know, being in games with him, you really see his talent and try to feed off of that. Um, he's, he's really been a, a role model to me because, you know, at that age, doing the things that he's doing is, is amazing. And, uh, you know, I really respect him and I, I love his game. So that's one of the guys who, who I look up to and is really impressive. Next question comes from Twitter as well. It says, are you fully committed to playing for the U.S. national team? Yeah, I don't think that's, that's I don't even think that's, that, that's a no-brainer. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm born, in, I'm born in the States, grew up in the States, uh, have family in the States still. All my friends are in the States, so, you know, I feel at home. With the, with the with the U.S. and that's 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 what it's going to be until the day I retire. I got it, got it. Maybe I, I'm assuming maybe they think probably because you're playing for the French league team or something like that. Maybe they're thinking you're going to do that or maybe play for Liberia or somebody. Um, uh, other question comes from Twitter as well. It says, "Are doctors confident that you will be 100% healthy?" Yeah, super confident. Um, we're working right now. We've been working since the start of the, the break that we had. And, you know, I've, I've been constantly in the gym, getting my legs right, getting my hips right, getting my hamstring right. So, uh, you know, hopefully in, in the next month, I'm, I'm back to training with the team and, and back to playing games. It's great news. All right, Timothy Weah, it's time for the last stand. It's the last segment of this show. I'm going to ask you a series of questions. I want the first thing, not the second, not the third, first thing that comes to your mind. You ready? Ready, ready, ready. All right. In your opinion, has the U.S. women's national team overtaken the men's as the most popular? 100%. Mm -hmm. uh, you down with Messi or Ronaldo? Ronaldo. Ooh, why is that? Um, you know, I don't really know. I just, I think I appreciate both of them the same. But, I mean, if I had to choose a choose one, I would just pick Ronaldo. You know, his, his charisma is amazing. His birth, I think, is, is huge. You know, he's basically in the gym 24, 24-7. Yeah, he is. He is. That I would like to, to really meet. Yeah, his swag is good. I'm with you there. All right, in your opinion, who is the GOAT of American soccer? Is it Landon Donovan or Clint Dempsey? 
Hmm. Landon. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Clint's a legend too, but Landon. All right. Uh, give me the one guy uh, that you were on the pitch competing against, and you even said to yourself, man, I can't believe I'm on the field against this guy. With the U.S. team or in Europe? Just any it, could be, it could be any person, in Europe, wherever. Uh, Cavani. Really? Yeah. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Yeah, that was rough. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, how is Neymar in competing against Neymar? Amazing. Um, he was a huge role model for me there. Um, he was one of the first players to, to come up to me and, and talk to me. And, mm. you know, being that he was my idol at the time, before we became friends, and he still is, um, that was amazing to me. And, you know, seeing what he does on the field and in, tra in training is, is, is super dope and it's crazy. Nice. Uh, if you weren't playing soccer professionally like you are now, what would Timothy Weah be doing right now? Oh, man. You know, a lot of people don't know this, but um, I think I would have been a musician. Really? An artist. Um, I'm really into music. I write music, and uh, I'm currently in a group right now, you know, on the side. Yeah. You I'm play or you sing? What's the deal? I sing. I sing and I write. Really? Yeah. Okay, now, uh, what kind of group? What kind of genre? Hip-hop. Hip-hop, R&B. Okay, now, you, you got <laughs> bars, or you, are, you, are you singing? What, I mean, are you the new Drake? What, what do we got here? I don't know if I'm the new Drake, but, you know, I, I do have a bit of bars. I, I love writing. Okay. My free time, I write, and um, I built a studio in my house in France, and me and my best friend, Thibaut Rapon, who I met in France, um, on Periscope. And, uh, you know, fast forward five years later, we're best friends and we're still doing music together and we have our, we have our little group and, you know, hopefully going to be putting out music soon on our free time. Okay, so we were going to end it, but I can't, you can't give us that nugget and we end this interview. I mean, can you drop me a little something? Can you give me a little freestyle or something? Oh, freestyle. Yeah, something. I mean, you something. You said you, you got, got bars. Um. All right, dang. I don't even have bars like that. I'm not even going to lie. I don't even have bars like that. But you write really, really good. And, uh, you know, hopefully I can put out some good music. I love that. I love that. Well, you know what? Next time, I want we want to have you on, and we want something strictly for the Last Stand podcast. I want something. You say, hey, I, I created something for the Last Stand podcast. Hey, you know what, Brian? <laughs> you guys put on a little instrumental for me yeah and i got you i love it i love it there he is the <laughs> one and only timothy Weah, my brother we wish you uh a speedy recovery and nothing but success uh go to the olympics score a goal and make sure you look in the camera and just say i told you i told you i was gonna do it <laughs> thank you so much for having me i appreciate you and your and your staff and everyone who's uh, you know made this possible. I feel completely blessed to be in, in, in your presence. And this is this is amazing for me. And um, I really want to thank you for giving me the opportunity. <laughs> I love it. I love it. There you have it, folks. That's what we do. We bring you the biggest names in sports and entertainment, like Timothy Way. Uh, uh, we'll have another huge guest next week. I'm Brian Custer. Thanks for watching and listening to the Last Stand Podcast. <laughs>